Welcome to episode number four of the Tie Walls podcast featuring Caleb Henson. Caleb quickly became a household name for all Virginia Tech wrestling fans when he took out returning NCAA finalist Sammy Sasso of Ohio State a couple months ago. And since then, if you've followed his trajectory, he's only continued to improve. And if you listen to this whole show, then you'll see that there are multiple reasons for why he's only going to continue to improve. Uh, his mentality and the way he approaches not just the sport of wrestling, but just challenges in general is really something uh, to listen to and to try and emulate if you're looking to become a high-level competitor yourself. Um, I look forward to talking with him again as we did had to cut our uh, conversation a little bit short, and he even had the audacity to say that he's going to be back on after he wins an NCAA title this year. So I'm looking forward to that more than anything, but I am also looking forward to sharing this conversation with you all. Before the show begins, I am proud to announce my first sponsor, the Taylor team at Remax 8 in Christiansburg. Buying or selling a home is an important decision that can sometimes be complicated but doesn't have to be difficult. That's why it's crucial to take an informed and well-planned approach when choosing the right real estate agent to help. The Taylor team at Remax 8 in Christiansburg serves the Roanoke Valley, New River Valley, and Southwest Virginia. Their knowledge of the area, along with a network of relationships, enable them to open doors for their clients on all sides of the property equation. Whether you're looking for land, building a new home, buying, selling, renting, or investing, the Taylor team is committed to work hard as your agent to get the job done. For more information, go to taylorteamrealtors.com or call Brian Taylor at 540-315-5880. Now, I present to you my conversation with Caleb Henson. What'd you have going on this morning? Did you? I just worked out with Freya. What'd you guys do? We messed around um, in a couple positions that he thought about, like my single leg finish, um, making it less work for myself, and uh, catching front headlock, and short elbow, a little bit of top stuff, a little bit of clearing legs. I don't know. Just went in there, talked for some positions. He's really good for that. A brainstorming sesh? Yeah, it was nice. I, I utilize him for the same a lot in freestyle, too. Just got a nice steam, 30-degree cold tub after. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. So was there something uh, specific with your single leg from Pitt that you guys were no, not kind of attacking? Or kind of. Just general improving on where you you need to improve at? He watched some film on Zane, he said, uh, yesterday. Just uh, being faster and more efficient on my finishes like i kind of like stay down below the knee a little too much like down by the ankle and like secure it and like slowly work up and we worked on uh shooting it and getting it elevated immediately on my far hip and being able to wrestle that back ankle nice but yeah it was was, just got incorporated in my drilling so it becomes natural you said the cold tub as well yeah is that uh is that out of all the the different things that you do recovery-wise, is that about your favorite? Yeah, I'd have to say. Like, now that I've, I'm in the routine of doing it every day, it's you look forward to it, but you also hate it. 
Like, <laughs> whenever you have to stand over top of it and be like, all right, I got to get in. It's it's tough, but, like, after you feel amazing. Like, Is it more of the uh, the physical feeling that you get from it that you, that you seek out each time that you do it, or is it the mental challenge that makes it uh, appealing for you? I think it's both. I, like, feel like the next practice, you're just so glad you did it. And uh, it's hard, and I like it's like a meditating time for me, so I look forward to it. But you've gotten in there. I like the. I actually think back to what you said one time, where you're like, "Yeah, I don't go in anymore after I after workouts because you want to get into it after you're like all hot and sweaty. Yeah. You don't want to get into it like later on in the day, or when like, you wake up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's I'm, a couple mornings. Like I have a nine o'clock class, so I. Uh, we lift Monday morning, but on Wednesday, I'll wake up before class and go hit it first thing in the morning. I wake up, go cold tub, and then go to class. Dude, it's brutal in yeah. the morning, too. It's, it's, it's a good coffee. Yeah. It's the best coffee in the world. <laughs> before I actually went and picked you up, too, I was kind of, I had an appointment this morning, and then I was just hanging out and taking care of Carter and kind of doing things around the house, and I just felt, ugh, and I jumped in the shower, and I have a, we have this thing that we're, or a, a thermometer for Carter for her little tub that we use. And uh, I held it underneath the shower and it's 50 degrees. I was like, this Dang. is pretty yeah, freezing that's, cold. That's legit. That's and a, I took that's advantage a of it and jumped in there right before I went and picked you up. And I was like, all right, now I'm ready to talk. It, it like brings you back to reality. Like <laughs> a cold shower or a cold plunge like relieves like so much stuff that wasn't really needed to be affecting you almost yeah. like it's like clears your mind makes you feel good about yourself and and energy i, I get energy from it like if, if you do it when you're drowsy or in the morning like you have energy after like you're like refreshed and ready to go yeah we were talking about andrew Huberman on the way here but i think i remember listening to him talk about it before where he talks about how when you get into it your your body's basically getting that adrenaline response like your body's like hey this we're in a really cool like get out of here this isn't good it's like fight but, or flight mode exactly yeah. but you're breathing through it and you're relaxing mm -hmm. mentally so your body's like okay i can deal with this stress like this is fine so it's kind of just like teaching your body obviously but also it definitely hardens your mind when yeah, you're it's something i think when i'm in there too is uh not looking forward to the end of it but enjoying doing it like it's something uh, that there's another thing that i'm gonna have to incorporate <laughs> from, from i learned i've bryce talked to me about that but it's also watched a video about like i think it might have been huberman too i'm not really sure but it was about like dopamine control and like finding dopamine in your training so like enjoying training and like the hard stuff instead of looking forward to the end of hard stuff look like enjoying the moment of doing hard stuff and like that's the hard stuff like a cold tub like instead of looking forward i got two minutes to do like two minutes left probably or like be like a minute like more in the moment of like following your breath and i don't know i'm still like figuring out my mindset with it but i think it's definitely helped my training like especially in a sprint workout like yesterday i had four minutes sprint on the on the air dime rower Jacob's ladder and then one minute break and then one minute sprint so we had three different stations with five minutes of total work and a minute break but uh, yeah like instead of looking 
I was like, I, I have 30 seconds left. Instead of looking at it like that, I was like, I got 30 seconds to work. So it's like something I've kind of like been able to switch in my mind, and I think it's helped me in my yeah. training. Yeah, it is. It's just like a paradigm shift, and you're thinking, not, I got to get through this, but I need to take advantage of this time. Exactly. Like, I mean, you look after, and you're like, you want to feel good. Like, you don't want to get through it. You want to defeat it almost. That's great. Yeah. That's, um, you, I think about that a lot with, with live wrestling too because mm-hmm. there's only like you have your live wrestling but then you have those those times where you actually push it all the way you know to the end of practice when you're actually dog tired mm-hmm. your partner's dog tired and you you have to dig deep there's only very few moments where you have that that really good time mm-hmm. like mul- maybe multiple minutes a week if that you know sometimes i mean on an easier week or if you don't wrestle the right partner on a harder day then you're not going to get there so you have to take advantage of it and appreciate it yep. uh, when you are in those moments yeah no just fortunate to have killers in the room so like most of the guys i go with it's always i'm always getting some out of it i feel like yeah so you i was i was gonna say you know you worked with Freyer this morning who'd you, who'd you drill with when you're working with him or did him. you drill with Freyer? yeah with okay Freyer. outside of him yeah, you he's... obviously have a, a a good ample amount of partners with bryce uh you have girardi crook um i know you wrestle with some of the bigger guys every once in a while too yeah i like to i like to wrestle bigger guys i think i've, I've done it most of my career because i wrestle i hand fight with connor brady or 165 and i think that's what makes my hand fight good because then i go out there against a 149 pounder and it's it's I feel dominant because I'm used to hand fighting someone who's walking around at 170, 175 pounds who yeah. is another one of our best hand fighters on the team. So yeah. it's it's just making elevating your training so competing's easy. Yeah, and that's I mean I'm sure that's paid dividends because when I think of guys with heavy hands on our team, you come to mind. Yeah, especially your your like club and and shove of the head <laughs> when you kind of redirect guys with that. I think you're. You do a great job with that. So, which which one of those guys uh, would you say is your favorite to to wrestle against in practice? That that favorite? usually challenges you the most. Yeah, probably challenge me the most. I mean, Connor has been last time, last couple times we've wrestled, it's been pretty tough. He's just so hard to break his offense. And but like Connor and Bryce are probably the two hardest, in the, but they're hard in different ways. Like Connor's like very stingy and not allowing you in and the hand fights and he's just mean he loves uses his forehead very well <laughs> i'll say good head position yeah <laughs> and uh bryce is just tricky like you can never relax when you wrestle him i mean those two are probably the two trickiest yeah. i'd have to say they both offer such good feels yes for different, completely different, completely ones. different yeah. things. but something that you see from any really good guy you're going to wrestle, sure, you might wrestle somebody that's really explosive that can yep. maybe throw you or that's going to be looking for reversals on bottom. Or you but then can't you... get to his legs when every, you try. You think you try everything. That's what I love wrestling Connor in life because, like, I mean, you know, you get the feels of your guys in the room. So, like, Connor, like, I have to hit him with a three-piece, like three different things at yeah. once. Not at once, but anticipating a reaction out of him or, like, something that I've never done before. So it catches them off guard. So it like gains confidence in the moves that I don't really do often, which uh, I I get a lot out of. Yeah, I was really talking about that with Crook after practice yesterday because he was kind of frustrated because he couldn't quite get to his offense against whoever he was wrestling. I think it was and Cooper. Right? Maybe yeah. maybe it was, but it's like you 
you kind of have to figure out your wrestling alongside with your training partners. Like they're going to eventually adapt and change what they do to wrestle your style and to, to do better against you. So you have to elevate your game and kind of challenge yourself to find those ways within that same partner. Yeah. So, and, and it's, that's the beauty of having people that you wrestle with every single day. Mm -hmm. They know you better than anybody. So they're going to stop your best stuff. So they force you to kind of change and adapt. I mean, that's the reality of being in college for two years, like freshman year. I mean, there's a little bit of film on me now, but there was zero coming in, so it was kind of mm -hmm. nice to. I mean, there's high school stuff, but it's not re high school wrestling's not respected at the D1 level to where they're gonna watch film and be like, yeah, he does this, this, and this. Usually, you're only gonna watch their high school film if there's not a lot of college film. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's you got to develop and or just get really good. And just they know it's coming. They just can't stop it. Yeah, and be good in a handful of areas. Like, yeah, I feel like you have multiple attacks and different like you know it's hard to plan for a guy that's really good at reattacks or that can create his own offense from a regular hand fight too and that's what makes guys like um you know like david taylor of course you can single leg you or ankle pick you but yep. i mean he's gonna front headlock you he's gonna underhook you he's gonna do this and that he's and gonna wrestle it. every position confidently yeah it's just he's yeah. a dog so kind of uh even with uh other training partners we were talking about and I know he's not here anymore, but you work with James Green a ton. Yeah, kind of when you when you were first first got here and were wrestling with him a lot. Did he did he help you in any certain areas, even mentally, or did he just give you more confidence? Like, hey, I'm wrestling with one of the best dudes in the world right now. Like, fresh out of high school, and I'm I'm hanging with this dude. I can. I, I don't can. know if I was hanging with him. <laughs> I, mean, I was training with him. I was uh, just I got more out of drilling with him than anything. Seeing how a high level like that guy like that drills and goes about his practice day to day and his his after practice his before practice how he comes in there his attitude i mean i was just grateful to be chosen to drill with him and him accept me to work with him and i mean i feel like it's pretty rare for a freshman to come in and drill with a guy like that so like what I got out of drilling with James was next level, and I mean, I still had stuff that he, like, you know, I was just drilling with them, and I would hand fight, and I would snap them right into my legs. Like, something I can do to everyone in the room right now, he would be right into my legs, so it was just, it was another level, and I, you could ask him anything, and he would take a second, think about it, and really evaluate it, and answer in a bunch of different ways that fit to you, and yeah, I miss being able to go with him, but I got so much out of that. Like, it was, and I got my butt beat. Like, getting my butt beat, like, against him made it not as bad coming into a college room because everyone's like, it's tough coming into a college room. It's <laughs> tough going into a, a two-time world medalist room. Like, yeah. getting beat by him was worse than some of the worst beatings I've took. So it kind of, like made the college beatings not as bad <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent i'm sure you'll you'll probably catch back up with him here at some point i'm sure yeah, Maybe hopefully make a world team at, go, yeah. go train up there in colorado with or, them or yeah just go to a just camp attend a national team camp yeah yeah, yeah exactly there and he'll, he'll you have the, the fast pass to 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 him already so you got that prior relationship down um yeah, we actually had that super match together. That was cool. When yeah. we, we, he had Zane, and I had Hunter Garvin. He's at Stanford now, but it was like a 
rudest UFC slash wrestling card, and that was that was really cool because we were like training together for it. Went out to it, both wrestling at seventy kilos. Yeah, and then uh, both taking home a sword that they gave us for winning. Yeah, we both took a tub. Yeah, and came back with the rudest sword. It, it was, was sick. Yeah, too. It was that dope. was like one of the best produced events. Too. It was out of out of like the cards <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that kind of started happening in 2020 that one was by far like the the prettiest looking one being there was we were treated well too like it was brand and organ it felt professional like while we were there like how was that like because you're i mean you didn't wrestle any college matches before and that's that's a, a unique but also huge environment mm-hmm. we're on a card with with guy like James Green, Jaden and and Snyder were wrestling on that same card too. I mean, that was that was pretty stacked up. Yeah, like what was it like kind of as a high school kid doing that where you're like, "Wow, these these guys that I used to look up to are kind of somewhat now my peers or or was you, were you did you have any starstruck uh feelings with it? Um being there, like like getting there the day before working out with like Mark Hall and McFadden are all there, and McKenna and Burroughs is there. He's he's the commentator yeah right? yeah so yeah. like he's walking around and uh i mean yeah i was like but like something i think i do really well is i don't i embrace the moment when i'm re- before i wrestle but i don't get caught up in it like i'm there to do my job and i mean after i was probably more shook than anything because then like same with like the nc state match i didn't realize how many fans were there until i was done wrestling when i looked around yeah. like i look around before i wrestle i'm like all right this is cool now let's go wrestle like like this is cool like Kyle Snyder's here cool but I'm here to wrestle like and then after we had like this red room meeting where like everyone that competed was invited to this like cool like everyone was dressed up we they had food paintings for sale and um that was I was a little starstruck then because there was MMA fighters there was Jordan Burroughs Kyle Snyder telling me good job uh um, yeah it was sick and i had a good talk with jordan then and it was just, he's just so philosophical when you talk to him almost it's he's like, as well spoken as any you know obviously I, I think the best in the sport of wrestling in terms of communicating but i mean i like listening to him more than i like listening to you know some of the best speakers talk mm-hmm. just because he's he's so freaking good with his words yeah he's got it figured out i mean what how many, what's his medals that he holds seven seven the most and then an olympic champ yeah yeah it's yeah it's still going for it again this year too it's, yeah that's yeah, the goat yeah that's the goat yes he he's a great ambassador of the sport too yeah, just it, like makes it and opens it up that much more and makes wrestling look even more appealing because he because he can communicate how cool it is to other mm-hmm. people too he can be like yeah this is excellent because this and that and big family man yeah yeah, of course, and that's that. That's, that trickles into the whole, you know, who do you want to be the face of 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 your sport? Yeah, he's a pretty good choice. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of already have hinted at a handful of different things that uh, kind of show off your your elite mindset. Whether it's just what you were talking about with that Rudis card, kind of how you approach that, um, and and tried not to get caught up in the moment. Um, or, or even what you had mentioned when you're working out and you try and appreciate the hard things rather than, rather than just try to get through them. Was that mindset something that 
you kind of just always were a really good competitor and were always kind of looking for cutting edge ways of uh, thinking or training or was that something that took time for you to develop? Were there matches that you wrestled that, you know, made you rethink the way that you approach the sport or, or were there failures that you had that um, kind of led you to start thinking the way that you do now? I've always been competitive, my mom says. It's like a little kid. Like my, I would always try to play. I have a little brother and a little sister. My sister's the middle one. My little brother's the younger one. I think we, my sister and I are two years apart. So when we were younger especially, I don't really remember it much, but I was always asking her to play games and like, all right, let's race to the top of the stairs. And she would like be like, no. like and then. What's the age difference? Two years. Cool. She's 17 or like two and a half. She's 17 right now. I'm 20. Yeah. And uh but she turns eighteen pretty soon, July. So uh yeah, um yeah, I've always been competitive. I just don't like to lose and it was I played three sports growing up, so I was always competing. Like it was always something I really enjoyed. If it was a small backyard game or if it was a regulation game, I just loved to compete. And um yeah, um the mindset was I think wrestling built built it installed it in me through mm-hmm. the years of doing it like and it kind of wrestling carried on to football and baseball but um i just never liked losing like it's just something i can't stand and but that's when you learn the most and i've had some rough tournaments um through the years where i took a lot from and it kind of reset me to train harder to change things to because you get comfortable doing the same thing over and over and I've fallen into that trap where I uh where I get comfortable and I'm content where I'm at so doing that not ever being content is something I've adapted from a tournament a tournament for example that I'm referring to is like one year I went to Oklahoma and took a couple losses when I was in my recruiting process and so it, you kind of felt a little it bit kind more of external me. pressure. Exactly. Stuff, yeah. But, I mean, it didn't really affect my, my stock, I guess I'd say. I mean, not to the people that truly saw something serious in me, like Freyer and Roby. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah, they uh, that changed that, – it's those tournaments that really installed kind of what I have now. And, like, even this past summer, I didn't like how I competed at the Open mm-hmm. trials and – I got content of that's when I was coming into the room and looking forward to the end of hard stuff. I feel like, like Mm -hmm. Freyers put me through these awesome lifts and I'm like, and it was kind of like, I didn't have to think too much about what I was doing because he wrote it down so much to where like, I was just like, all right, let me, let me get through this. Yeah. Let me get through this. Let me get through this. And it was like, I like something after that I started doing was doing self I would make who who talked about this writing Kobe, he makes a contract <laughs> with himself about when he says he's gonna do something he's he signed the contract yeah so like some now I wake up in the morning I'm like all right Monday Tuesdays especially I love to do something after practice yeah we're like all right like today I said I'm gonna do versa climber sprints and rope twenty second versa thirty thirty second ropes three sets so I've signed that contract with myself and something that i'm going to do that i wrote for myself and at the end of it yeah it's i so that i mean the way it came is just competing 
like being in the process, taking the losses, learning, accepting them, embracing them, and moving on and making change because you can't, you got to develop from the losses because that's when you learn most. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, you have to have hard times. You have to have Mm -hmm. failures in order to push yourself forward. Yeah, exactly. And it's your response to them that, that inevitably shapes you up. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. When you think about, I mean, you had mentioned Kobe, you mentioned some of the other high level wrestlers that you got to be around when you're on that Rudis card and stuff like that. Are there uh, athletes in particular that you looked up to when you're younger, uh, for instance, that you admired their mindset uh, or are there guys that you watch now? It doesn't have to be wrestling. It could mm-hmm. be a UFC, whatever it is that you're like, I, I want to think like that guy. I want to be like that guy. Yeah, like I, I like to take stuff away from everyone. I'm always, I feel like I'm always learning. But uh, I mean, the ba- like Kobe's awesome. Like, he's a staple of his mindset and Mamba mentality. And just the little clips that you see of him on social media and stuff. But that last dance, that MJ documentary, was something I really, like, took took something. I became more of an MJ fan after that. Just how he, how he was in the practice room, how he was outside the practice room. Like, when those guys of those caliber, like, after they're done and you get to see, like, behind the scenes... They're so devoted. Like, MJ, like, he never, like, he never really went out. He was always, like, he always had a job to do. And it was, like, he never took for granted the time that he had. And, I mean, so MJ, Kobe, I mean, just all the goats. Like, Tom Brady has the ways he does things. Like, he's, he's just so clutch and so professional. And, uh, but then, like, I love the young guys that come in here and, like Sauce Gardner, he's a corner for the Jets. He was a rookie and like talked talked his talk and came into the yeah. into the NFL this year and put numbers up and uh, seeing guys like that's really cool. Like com- competitors is who I look up to, and like, I look like Bryce, like the way he competes and um, who's wrestling wise. Like oh, I guess most of the Penn State guys like. The way they just go out there and enjoy, like, embrace that moment and, like, they get crazy stuff. Like, they're just so controlled, like, yeah. uh, calm out there, like, yeah, to where they're... You can't plan on, you know, Nolf was one of those guys for me when I was mm-hmm. in college. Even now, on the senior level, watching him, too, he's the guy that, yeah, he's going to go out there and do this crazy stuff that you can't... Your brain's not going to be able to be like, okay... Uh, get the single leg up in the air and then reach behind your back and, and try and tilt the well, guy You're over. not it's, thinking about that. Yeah, you, mm. you can't. But you also aren't going to do that if you're not relaxed mm-hmm. and you're not calm and you're not just going go, and flowing. And MMA fighters are who I, I like. I take a lot from them. Like, who are your MMA guys you like? So many. I'll start at Bantamweight. Flyweight's all right. <laughs> I mean, Bantam, like, or Flyweight, like, Henry Cejudo, like, he was just... He's very technically good, and, like, he, what he does well, like, I mean, like, kind of what I've learned, I think, is uh, he he lets guys beat themselves a lot. Like, he just takes what guys give him, and uh, Bantamweight, Sean O'Malley's crazy. He's so free out there. He kind of reminds you of, like, uh, the younger guys, too, that come up, talk the talk, and then mm, back it up. Yep. Like, he really backed it up last last fight. Too. Yeah, that was crazy. Man, I, Peter. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was I was. Awesome. I thought that was gonna be the one. Like, all right, this is gonna be the one that everyone did. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. Like, I every, think he no one was aware that everyone also thought that mm-hmm. too. But I mean, he showed how tough he was. I mean, he he's out that there. He can do every out like wrestle. Yeah, he's with one of the better guys. In one terms of his of coaches are the uh, Nogi Jiu Jitsu World Champ at his weight like two or three years ago. Yeah. So like, I mean, he's got grappling, but um, I mean, you see Shad fight out there, and he's doing dribble moves, and then punching the guy in the face so it's like he's free out there Corey sandhagen i don't know if you've not familiar with the name. he's awesome he his mindset's really cool like um just from what he he took a loss for the belt and it's kind of changed his path but he's awesome um and of course the champions but um dustin poirier um pressure makes diamonds that's his saying and yeah Dustin Diamond Poirier. He, yeah, uh, it's cool when they align the the nickname with mm-hmm. a motto yep. that also reflects the way that they try. I'm and waiting deal for my stuff. nickname to come. I, oh, I mean, oh, you can't yeah, can't dude. force a nickname though. You know, no, it's you good. Can. It's got to come. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, it'd be you gotta. It definitely will come. Yeah, I mean, wrestling I've, ones are tricky too. They are. That was one like. There's not that many either. Like, but I don't you know. can be, you can kind of do the same like style that like fighters do. But I saw, heard a story. You know, Jamal Hill just fought Glover Texera. I think yeah. that's how you say his last name. Uh, and I they never, had, a, I always fail that one. And they, <laughs> he's a Brazilian. Yeah. But he the he released a story of he's Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. And that's sweet. The way he that's got sweet. his nickname was his first pro fight. He had to write his nickname, and he didn't have one. And uh, the Rihanna song, I think it was uh, talking, it was something, it was like Sweet Dreams and Nightmares. She said that line while he was signing it, and his friend was like, You should be Sweet Dreams. And he was like, All right, whatever. And he wrote it down, knocked the dude out in 43 seconds, his first pro fight, and it, yeah. it stuck. And yeah. that, that's how he got his nickname, Sweet Dreams. So, like, it's just, it's just gotta come. But they do, it's, it's a moment or something that I had a friend growing up who, um, his name is Edgar Bright. He wrestled at Pitt, actually, for, for a year. And he was so freaking good and so tough. And his nickname was Mailman. Man. And, he like, you don't choose nicknames. Yeah. You, you kind of, they're bestowed upon you. But I think he, the story behind him getting his nickname Mailman was his dad had, like, five five daughters or something. And then he was the youngest one. And... He was the youngest one of five daughters. He was he was the his first son yeah. after five daughters, and he was like, "Oh, he finally he delivered! He finally delivered!" And that was how oh. he, that was how he got the nickname Mailman. And I always thought it was a badass. Nickname <laughs> yeah, too. that's a cool name. Yeah, I think JJ uh, Watts is a mailman or something. Like, I don't know how he got that one, but. Yeah. yeah, I think wrestling should get more nicknames. I think even on our team, I think the Junkyard Dogs is the only one who has an actual nickname. Tom's got a bunch. <laughs> T City, uh, Tampa Tom. Tampa Tom. I mean, he's got a, he's got all of I love that he competes with Tom Brady directly. With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. We okay. got the giraffe too. What's that? Sam. Sam's the giraffe. Oh yeah, yeah. We got it. I Long know, neck. I think H cat. It's a little nickname, I guess. Hunter Kaka. Yeah. Big um, cat. Yeah, he's he's got a couple. Yeah. I'm. I guess I think about it more like on paper. Yeah. More like when you know when I'm watching us, like watching a duel 
feedback if the announcers are calling you that mm-hmm. then it's then it's legit yeah. then it's or if it's your if it's your twitter handle <laughs> yeah <laughs> then you know it's then you know it's established Which ethan calls bryce hollywood i think i like that one for yeah, him too that one works yeah absolutely brady does not have one i don't think oh but kai's bro 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 yeah we yeah. got a couple nicknames. we do actually have a lot of nicknames yeah, I love Bro Bro too. Bro Bro's good. Yeah, Ethan Ethan calls everybody by their nicknames. Yeah, and rightfully he, so too because if he's if Ethan's he's doing like the play by play stuff, like, like that's yeah, <laughs> he's 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 making sure they're called the, no, the Ethan's proper awesome. things. He actually gave me some uh, some tuna that he cooked last night. That I'm I saw his Instagram for. story yeah. this morning. I slid up on it last night and I was like, "This looks amazing." He's like, "I got some leftovers for you," and he always hooks me up with some good stuff. It's he it's is awesome. the man. He's the man. Although one of my favorite things that I've realized from Ethan recently is he's great at talking shit. And <laughs> yeah. him and I have been like, it's I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it's the only way that we communicate now. We're like, I think like one day I just maybe said something to him where I was like, Hey, what's up, dude? You look, you look like those tattoos clearly compensate for how short and chubby you are. <laughs> and he just fired back. And then ever since then, <laughs> That's the only way that we talk. It's the wave y'all are riding right That's now. That's it. Dude, we don't... Like, <laughs> like after I, I, I had taken those guys to App State this weekend, I knew he was going to be live-tweeting the duel. And I was like, hey, dude, hopefully you get a lot of spelling errors. Like, <laughs> can't edit tweets. No, he's, he's awesome. Like, some days, like, bad day or good day in the room, I'm jogging. My head's down or if my head's up. He smacks your hand. He goes, best in, best in the country. You know, you're yeah. just like it kind of like installs that in your head every day which is it's cool to have a guy like that yeah. around it's you're you're the the sum of or the average of everybody that that you're surrounded by mm-hmm. i mean they say you're top five friends but when it comes to a team you're surrounded by them every single day each one of them has a part of you so you want to make sure each one of those parts is as good as it possibly mm-hmm. can be and and you know, even those those small little words of affirmation you get from somebody, they mean something. Plus, you know, he genuinely means it. Yeah, no, he's he's upfront, truthful guy. Yeah. So he he hooked you up with some tuna. Have you yeah. cooked? Uh, did you secure a grill recently? I have not. I I live in the dorms, so I'm either cooking. It's funny, like I'll be at people's houses sometimes, even when they're not there. Like Ty Finn, like I'm always cooking at his house or. Or Sam Latona, I'm at his house cooking. They have grills. Yeah, I know uh, we were talking the other day. Hunter about... Kaka has a grill. Oh, there you uh, go. But Colton Clark, He's his grill. Yeah, his grill is at Sam Latona's, and it's an indirect cooking grill with pellets. So I've been been doing some work on that. I think sweet. Have you cooked up anything good lately? Uh, Sunday, I made a stuffed bell pepper with elk, onions, tomatoes, and pepper jack cheese where'd you get the elk from ethan <laughs> Damn, and man, then you i mean last week i made venison backstrap um did you get that from colton i got that from ethan ethan too? yeah he gave me the other like two weeks or a week or two ago he gave me a pound of elk pound of bison uh a deer backstrap and some deer tenderloin very nice yeah and then some tuna today Dude, from the from the woods to the sea, just... I'm, I'm getting it all. <laughs> yeah. Is that stuff that you always commonly? I, I imagine just as studious as you are about every aspect of of training and, and recovery, your diet's probably pretty. pretty I try to keep it to good. Too. Yeah, like luckily my mom was always pretty healthy. Like 
she was all she always cooked dinner like we had a meat a veggie or two and like carbs like rice or a salad or, i mean she was like all my friends would go out to eat after practice and she uh she always had a plate ready for me when i came home i missed that it was always on the stove with plastic wrap over it because everyone already ate and i came back from practice and I'd throw it in the microwave and have a full dinner and it was it was awesome i'm I, I had the so she installed that health health factor into me and you yeah. feel so much better when you eat clean like that moment when you eat chocolate or whatever it's really good then but then you wake up and work out compared to if you eat a yogurt parfait the night before to a bowl of ice cream like you can tell the difference yeah and i had mentioned it the other day before practice but everything your your confidence is linked back to everything you do physically mm-hmm. where it, it incorporates what you're putting in your body and if it's good stuff then that that creates some type of marginal gain like all right yeah i clean for the past three months of course i'm gonna feel good like that's money in the bank and your in your confidence too where yeah, if you can believe it then it's true like, absolutely if i believe that this elk is better for me than ground beef then it is because i truly believe it like i truly believe it's putting a benefit and making me feel better than eating what other people eat so that's yeah that's great yeah so wednesday always two days before we wrestle i like to eat red meat and then light light the day before yeah like like either chicken salmon or something yeah, yeah something like that but uh this wednesday i'm cooking up that venison tenderloin so i'm excited I feel the same way about, um, uh, like Jared Hod had given me some, uh, deer mint that he had, I think that was last year that he gave me some Colton's been promising me some, me too. So he's been promising me, you too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's been promising me. He's like, yo, I'm going to get a deer this weekend. I'm going to get like, a deer this weekend. Like I called the backstrap. That's all I want. Have you ever had some venison backstrap? Yes, I have. It's phenomenal. Yeah, my, it's my so lean to old roommate here. He wrestled at tech as well ryan please he's from north dakota and he has a cattle farm as well so we would always get he has grass-fed beautiful mm-hmm. steaks too but then he would always get um Shipped some wild down. stuff from his brother too where he'd have like walleye deer whatever it is every time he'd go there and back he'd bring a cooler full of everything that's it was like the best <laughs> next couple months <laughs> We had we bought a deep freezer specifically for it. Yeah, I want to buy half a cow eventually and just be stocked up for a while. Yeah, like, that'd be nice. Yeah, especially the um, I started eating more not not more meat. I feel like I always ate more meat, but started eating more red meat because there there's the propaganda on it that it's not good for you. Or it's not. It's maybe bad for your health or your heart to to consume yeah, you, so much of I this think, or to consume so much of that, but. I told dude, I eat so many eggs. I started eating more, more ground meat or ground beef, grass fed, good stuff. Especially now it's available. Too, yeah, you can go and buy it. Um, and I have felt so much better. Yeah, than I, I ever have. I think there's benefits to it. I, I think, I mean, not. I mean, some people find I, everyone's body's different. But I mean, they're eating red meat every day, like two meals a day, like on social media now. I don't know mm. if it's all propaganda or whatever, but. They're, the carnivore diet. Yeah, like that's a little much for me. I like my veggies, but um, I steer away from pork. But other than that, I eat all meat. Yeah, and I think that I, I think the carnivore diet probably only has specific uh, p- 
people that should be doing it. Like mm-hmm. if you have some type of health, like if you're trying to eliminate something you have going on, like I had one, I had an autoimmune issue where I had alopecia. It's like where your hair changes colors and, and maybe is in bald spots. I had mm. it in my beard really bad. <laughs> like it was That's like blotchy wild. all over. I had a full beard since I was like a freshman in high school. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Now I'm 27 and I got alopecia everywhere. And I, <laughs> I clean up my diet though. And I started eating meat and I eliminated uh, like seed oils and things like that. Yeah. And That's a big away. thing I've learned in the past month is seed oils. The seed oils yeah, have Seed been, oils will get you. Yeah. They have recently got introduced back into my diet. Just That's just after Carter was born, we stopped cooking dinner a little mm-hmm. bit more frequently. And we had a meal train set up so people were bringing whatever and we were just going to eat it. And I got a little spot of alopecia back in my beard. I swear like that. I've it's, never, there's nothing else. There's no got, like proven fix for it. It's but inflammation stopped. too. Like yeah. it's, seed oils are, it's in everything we, in the like granola bars that we eat it's yeah. it's in there everything everything that's why I, I cook with avocado oil yeah that's I, use, I, go to. I use olive oil yeah um but i use butter butter is one of those yeah. other things that i thought was demonized or, but it's, it's or animal fat okay for you yes exactly animal mm-hmm. fat ghee or, or tallow um kind of getting back to uh to resting a little bit plus i'm also trying to keep it time sensitive because we do have practice relatively soon um but uh you can always have a part two on this too i think we're gonna have to. <laughs> i think we're gonna I'm have down. to it's always a roll of the dice when mm-hmm. you come have somebody and, and talk to him because i could ask you a question you could be like yeah uh i just i, I just always had a good mindset <laughs> I mean, I, I have to think about it. And then it. I'd be like, okay. So I so and I right. usually write down a lot of questions, especially younger dudes. Yeah. And I know you're not your you're stereotypical younger dude where you know how to communicate properly. But, like, if if you have somebody that's going to give you yes or no, like, simple answers, and you, you're going to have that sometimes, you got to have a lot of questions ready. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's some people that are going to come and talk, and you're going to go to a wormhole and eventually end up at seed oils and you're gonna be like oh crap man uh, we got practice in 45 minutes and we hopefully know. today's a good one though too yeah well as an easy transition you got your terry style wrestling shirt on right now terry uh, allison style yeah yeah i i i had met him a while ago and i've known about him for a while but you're kind of the first kid uh that i had met that he had coached um how did he kind of and and I also get to see him almost at all of our home home mm-hmm. matches. He kind of comes up and um, it's really cool to see how committed he is to those guys that he's coached and wants to watch their college success. But when did he kind of come into your life and when did you start training with him? Um, maybe my eighth grade summer, freshman summer, around that time. I uh, I bounced around from coaches. I started with Eric Ruggles who installed like hard nose uh he was a tough dude and then arturo holmes which not a lot of people know about him yeah. that dude's a wizard he's the guru of georgia wrestling i'll say he's That's sick. he's everyone's came through him he's he's got some tricks up his sleeve and uh then him and then adrian traumatolo was my high school coach who was awesome but then Terry was like my off-season coach, or yeah, like freestyle. freestyle. He yeah. was, and what he did really well was expose me to competition. Like we traveled to middle school, but he installed that like these tournaments are important. Like let's go, and he would he would kind of train us like fighters. Like 
um, especially once we were a higher enough caliber, he, um, we would have like fight camps where like we had super 32 in six weeks. So we would train for super 32 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, uh, he installed that competitive, like, like, no one, like you're good, dude. Like, so well, you're from Georgia. Like, and, uh, he had a bunch of guys that did well in college that came through him like sean russell it's mm-hmm. probably one of the best georgia wrestlers yeah and would uh, he come back to the club and and help you guys from time to time too uh yeah a little bit he was always russell was a he was competing guy. a lot when we were out I'm still in high school he was sure. one of the younger guys like yeah. ryan milhoff too like yeah. he's uh, but he never really came back and trained with me specifically he coached at high school people that i trained with that helped me a lot were uh hunter gamble have you yeah. met him? He's an awesome Absolutely. dude. Yeah. He, yeah. He's the man. especially in my later years of high school, like he, he was the man. Um, he I was, met him through Nick Persetta mm-hmm. when, when he was coaching at Chattanooga. Yep. And I ran into. And people. then, Peter Yates, and Chip Ness. Uh, I had you know, Yates. You know, I had did Yates you on here to? Did you? Yeah, do you have was, a team? Were you on a team with Yates? Yeah, for. I think it was, just a year. Okay. Just a year. Um, but He's he a was tough dude. he was there. Dude, the most <laughs> when I was a freshman, like when he came in a locker room, like my eyes just I, I, I focused on my phone or whatever else I was looking at because he was scary, man. Like, so was he older than you? Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. A, he was a uh, maybe a redshirt senior when I was a true freshman. Okay, so he was he was a lot older than me, and we eventually actually got pretty cool where mm-hmm. we would hang out. He, I think he really thought I was funny and dumb and <laughs> enjoyed that. Yeah. So that was kind of the basis of of the relationship, but. He was a dude that, um, like, was a great guy to look up to because you could see how freaking mean he was and, and how, how hard he wrestled. wrestled in the room. Yeah. And not just that, but how hard he would work, like, in the weight room. Like, he just was – I remember, like, like Roby or something would maybe show you a picture of him his freshman year, and then I'd look at him then, and he'd have veins in, like, his back. And I'm <laughs> like, holy crap, like, that's what happens if you just really, really if you work, work hard. really hard at, <laughs> at wrestling. And he was obviously a, a multiple-time All-American at that point, too. So Took that fourth was, one year? Yeah. Third? Third yeah, or I fourth? Think, I think it was maybe maybe fourth. I remember I think it, might I think have it been was third. his senior year that he had lost in the semis to, to Taylor. David Taylor. He was in that David Taylor-Kyle Dake bracket, I'm pretty he sure. He was. And I think, That's when he took third or fourth. So what happened, I want to say it was third. What happened in that match, it maybe I think it was third. What happened in that match with Taylor, too, is Peter had this freaking... Iron cross. Yes. Yep. And he killed everybody with it. He would choke you out. He tapped Devin Carter out out one time in practice. It's illegal now, doing, actually. It is illegal now. <laughs> it didn't become illegal until after that match. I know. <laughs> and, and it didn't become a problem in all of NCAA wrestling until it was that match. Yeah. Because I think they were like... We're building up this Dick Taylor matchup. It can't get it can't get foiled by anybody. By this Virginia Tech Peter Yates. Yeah, like oh, how are we gonna sell that? That's so I, I always thought that there was something finicky going on there. I think that move would still be legal if he never had to wrestle David Taylor. That <laughs> um, but uh, so he he was around though. Yeah, something. like when I was able to wrestle with him more was later. We're like. The my senior year especially a bunch of the guys above me graduated, so I was like looking to get beat, like training wise. So I would go up to Pete and train with Pete and have him beat the crap out of me, yeah. <laughs> and learn a lot from him. But uh, Chip Ness, but yeah, Terry was he exposed me to competition and he was just a bro. Like yeah. we would get Airbnbs for these competitions and we would have the people that trained in that fight camp 
and we'd all stay at the Airbnb with Terry. Like our parents would come to the tournament, yeah. but they would get their own hotel, and we would all stay at this Airbnb because we trained together. Like we built up for this moment, and it was a lot of fun. Like it, so cool. it was tons of fun, yeah. and like like Super Thirty Two that one year, like it was m- me and my friend. The year I won, me and my buddy Caden. I I got COVID five weeks four weeks out of that tournament so i was quarantined but i felt fine i just tested positive and so i asked caden i was like yo will you trained with me like because i this was like <laughs> something i had my eyes set on yeah and he was like yeah. he was my bro like we we trained together from eighth grade What's all his last through, name? mccrary okay um all through high school so terry had a garage with a mat a couple weights a sauna and that's where we worked out all for Super 32. We didn't go to a gym or anything. We worked out in the garage leading up to it. And so, yeah, he was just – he moved closer to us so we could have that garage and do privates. And he showed us what high wrestling was. Like, he, he knew the stuff that we did, had the opportunity to work. Mm-hmm. But we got really good at reattacks, go-behinds, and stuff that would carry on to the next level. Yeah, that doesn't sell like if you're if you're trying to get as many kids mm-hmm. as you can to come to your club you're not going to be like yeah we're we're going to hit some go behind stuff we're going to hit right. some reattack yep. stuff people are like what? No, that's, <laughs> that's not fun that's yeah, not a camp move it's not a thing. headlock yeah but it gets it done and that that's a good trend to follow and speaking of him being a bro the first time i met uh terry i had landed in vegas and i was wrestling at my first us open and i think i traveled out there by myself uh that year um because we were in between staff so i think it was maybe right before or right in the process of hiring molinero and frayer on mm-hmm. our staff um when i first graduated and i got there kind of didn't know how i was getting to the hotel and i was just standing there in baggage claims and i think he came up to me and he's like hey what's up i'm terry and i'm like oh hey are you wrestling he's like i'm coaching uh how are you, you getting back to the hotel <laughs> and i was like i don't know he's like i'm getting an uber you want to hop in and i we just kind of talked that whole time and he's a talker too yeah if you have him on here this podcast be three hours he'll talk your ear off a club series would actually be pretty sweet because every guy that i have on like like girardi had had talked about his club coach cody Mm -hmm. howard had talked about his club coach bowling i kind of know all his coaches that he had his whole life but like each one of them had a had a person they could kind of point to in their past that helped them get to where they are now and it was like hmm that would actually be a good way to do it. So you had mentioned just, and I'm sorry I'm keeping an eye on the clock, but you had mentioned, you know, so what, that you're from Georgia. Like, was that a little bit of a mental hurdle for you when you're in high school? Like, um, I'm not from PA. I'm not from Ohio. Um, was it a little bit of a, a of a thing that you had to get over? Or Honestly, Is it no. something that you guys talked about more as, like, a chip on your shoulder? Like, yeah, yeah so kind what? of, but... Our minion team, like which was like our Georgia national team in middle school, yeah, we were pretty dang good. Like we go to VAC and we were always in the gold pool and like so we would compete with these teams. So I never felt like we were top five almost at VAC, VAC every year. So I never felt like we were below really. Like I never had that installed to me that PA was so good at wrestling, that Iowa was so good at wrestling. Yeah. So it's nothing really I had to jump. It was just like it was just cool. Like that people thought that honestly like it was (laughs) like all right you think we suck like yeah that's weird like like i I mean i guess we don't have the depth y'all have but we got good kids like yeah but uh yeah it wasn't wasn't too bad it was probably an advantage more than anything because 
Georgia kid Under freshman. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so while you were competing in high school and you started getting recruited, what what kind of led you to, to like Virginia Tech? What what stuck out to you the most? Was it the training partners that you saw you'd have here? And obviously, I mean, the ones you got your rolling with right now weren't necessarily all in mm-hmm. place here but at that time. But what what was it that stuck out the most that made you say, yeah, let's, let's give Blacksburg a go? There's actually a picture of me like in like 6th, 7th grade with the VT crew neck on. And that Frere has somewhere or something like that. I got a couple pictures, but I was always kind of a Virginia Tech fan because wrestling I, or just in just general? like wrestling. Yeah, I guess because I liked the colors when I was younger. I'm like with you on that. Like I was yes. just like the colors I just, are great. Like, they kind of drew me. I don't know. And um, but when I got called, the the edit was sick. First of all, like then they sent me the committed you know like you get recruited they send you to edit try i was like that's dope but uh it was it was the coaches the colors and the edits yeah okay i mean but uh frayer was when i was able the more i built a relationship with him i just didn't i didn't get that from anyone else that i really talked to Mm -hmm. and robe i just liked the way roby carried himself and how he is as a head coach and Terry kind of helped me too, like narrow down my decisions. But Peter too, he he said some good things about Virginia Tech, and um, it was it was a, a bunch of things. When I took my unofficial and official here, I known Sam. Like, we actually didn't know each other, which is crazy. We knew of each other for Montana? like the longest time. Yeah, because yeah. Alabama kid, I'm yeah. a Georgia kid. Yeah, Terry's from Alabama, so like. It was like we know each other, but we didn't say what's up to each other. Like it was weird. But then when I came here, or Makai and probably followed each other. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Makai and Sam came down for a camp, and uh, when Makai won too, it was like, I mean, I already knew Virginia Tech's wrestling was legit, but like that national champ kind of like certified that you could win here. Like, and um, I wasn't like the other places I getting recruited just didn't feel like here. Like this, like. People said, once you know, you know. And I just knew. Like, yeah. And I would say just the connection with the coaches was awesome. That's great. That's awesome. That's, that's good. Good. Uh, always to – I think I've asked most guys that, too, that I've talked to. But getting that feedback, especially from dudes like yourself, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, there's not a lot of freshmen that come in as prepared as you are. So it's good to know what, what – were those elite guys looking for? I think we. Should, I think my class might start a new trend, though. It might be a new thing that freshmen just come in and they're ready to rock. Yeah, it's it really is rare, though. Like is you it? don't. I don't know. Like I I know in the past. I don't, I've been at Virginia Tech and for going on ten years, and you know we don't always have the like at least some aspect of mm-hmm. the freshman is kind of faltered, like whether it's oh they can't keep their. Uh, their academic life together maybe they're maximizing this this and that or this guy's great but you can't get him down to weight he doesn't take care of himself outside the room so he's you know he's suffering from those typical freshman things or see that's just not one to lose like at the end of it like if you don't want to do everything then you don't want to win it's like my viewpoint on it so but there's this makes it kind of easy there's a certain part of it that comes with that maturity and and wanting to win that that much too and and i think you know for me what i suffered from is a i didn't think i was really that good when i was coming out of high school but i also thought it was going to take time like when i first got to college Mm -hmm. i was like 
I actually remember talking with David Hoffman uh, about it one time. I was standing over on the edge, and he was looking at the NCA bracket. And this was like a couple weeks before NCAs. And they're like, well, if we have this many All-Americans and this guy All-Americans, like we're going to do pretty good team-wise. And I was like, I mean, I don't know if I'm an All-American this year. Like, I'm just pretty happy I qualified for the tournament. And he was like, like, I think he maybe literally smacked me, but he's like, you can't think like that. He's like, it doesn't get easier every year. Yeah. Like, what do you think is going to happen next year? And then, lo and behold, you know, the next year I have Kyle Snyder in my bracket. Mm-hmm. And it was substantially more difficult if I were to win it, where maybe my most realistic shot would have been that year if I was just mentally prepared. And I don't think anything changed physically. I still shot high crotches that year. Yeah. Shot them the next year the same way I probably was doing it the year before. Um, but that mental switch... I think is is the most important and um you know comes from gaining your confidence along the way like do you have that that win that really propelled you forward some guys can can develop that belief um without having like those results um or some guys can can you know barely compete all year come out and go and freaking dominate to nationals yeah yeah and and that's that's that that's that competitive mindset and I think it just it, developmentally it takes time, and that's why it is hard for freshmen when you bring mm-hmm. them in. You know, expect them to be at that level. But you're a good, uh, you're a good example of of. All right, what, what's Caleb Henson like? All right, how can we look for these traits and and other guys in the future? And I think as our program continues to get better, and which it is, that's it's you're gonna obviously get better kids, and they're gonna be more ready to win right away. Yep. Oh, well, crap, dude. We uh, we gotta get we got back in a half hour. Yeah, yeah, we gotta call it a day. All right, but I will uh, totally have you on again because I'd love to cover a lot of this other stuff. But thanks for joining me today. Yeah, that was and, awesome. Uh, yeah, this is actually a blast, dude. And we talked for like an hour. All right, let's do. It. Thank you for listening to episode number four of the Ty Walls podcast. And thank you for all those who have listened thus far. Uh, I owe you all an apology. I was trying to release a podcast a week for uh, just the the time frame of the show in general. Uh, But I was navigating my first month of fatherhood. Um, So I kind of missed you all last week. But I hope in the future I can refrain from doing so. and plan on doing so and we'll see if we can't get an ep- two episodes maybe here in the next few weeks to make up for that so thank you all again for listening and i look forward to hearing your feedback on this conversation thank you